can't pronounce his name. Kyle Beachy. He's from St. Louis, Missouri. And he's apparently the pod god. But who cares about that? Because we're all on the Instagram, ain't we? <laughs> well, Welcome back to Vent City. This is episode 12? 12. 12. Yeah, nice. Okay. Um, and on deck, in spite of the notable absence of Alex White, who is at her job, and Ryan Lay, who is at his job, <laughs> we have Coach Kristen, Professor Kyle, Class Clown Ted, <laughs> and I'm the principal who will be moderating this week. Wow. Um, hi, guys. Killing it so far, man. Yeah, yeah. This is good. This I'm is really nervous. Really I hate. <laughs> I hate moderating, but I'm gonna. We're gonna just white knuckle it, huh? Hi, everyone. How has everyone's uh, life been over the last <laughs> few weeks? Tell me everything. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a little bit. Feels good. It feels great. Um, that's it. That's the little bit you get. I've skated once in two weeks though, which is just not enough. Mm. Some days skating once in two weeks is like a, a solid. Like that's the most I get. Oh, God. It's just not enough. Hmm. Why? Why? Why is it? Are, is it? Are you injured? Are you sick? What is it? Sick. Um, and then we went out of town for uh, GF Speed Day, and we saw cold weather, and we didn't see, but we heard a bear, and uh, <laughs> that was a real life affirming experience. Where did you go? Uh, we went to Northern Arizona, which is called Flagstaff. Uh, it's like a. Mm, uh, an hour and a half south of the Grand Canyon. Nice. Hmm. We, it's got like 40,000 people. I don't know. We uh, we paid like 50 bucks to go look into a telescope and then you like look into it and you're like, yeah, those are some speckles. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, Kristen, Yo. did you did you see any bears in Vancouver? And if not, what did you see? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> did you just segue? Um, yeah, how about that? Wow. New principal in town. You can use that uh, yeah. segue later. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, Kevs, Yo, what's good? Um, I got a couple things. First thing, Alex White works at Crux. Yes. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. right. um, she's officially started. She's officially started in the freaking office. Um, and I am slowly trying to convince her to just to make Crux like a meme account, which I just think is the best move Yeah, for Crux. <laughs> Why not? That is a Why good not? idea. Why not? Yeah. So super excited about that. Um, my friend made a zine called Two Set. Mm. Oh, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna talk about Two Set. You can talk about it. What do you want to say, I, Kyle? Kyle is also just, in here along with my friend. I think it's friend, so dope. I think Ted. it is so beautiful. Yeah. It is one of the most beautiful zines I've ever seen. Did we learn how to pronounce the author's last name? Aliom. Um, I have like several friends who have contributed to this, two, two of whom are on this panel, on this podcast. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> yeah. she, she did an amazing job. And I also like that she's touring the world and just like handing it out. I know. Yeah, that's amazing. She was like randomly at a Skate Like a Girl SF Bay event. That's yeah. sick. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Anyways, so that's cool. Um, and then did you guys see the little video uh, called Skate Nation about those uh, folks, um, refugee folks in, I think it's Stockholm. Stockholm. Yeah. yeah. 
that video is amazing. Um, mm -hmm. I'll make a link to it. Yeah, yeah, I, I just, like that. I really liked uh, a couple key things. There was one scene where one of the featured characters is like, um, like skating in like what looks like a bathroom or locker room or something like that, and he's just like messing around, like doing shovets and shit, and then he's like smiling and laughing and giggling, and he like grabs his skateboard and. The caption is like, Skate my skateboard is my best friend or something like that. It's so good. Aww. Yeah. That was, <laughs> yeah. It was really heartwarming. But uh, definitely, uh, if you need a pick-me-up, it's like a quick, short documentary about a rad skate program. Um, getting people like connected to local community that like otherwise, like if you're like a refugee or you come from a different country, speak a different language, have a different past, um, just they're kind of using skateboarding as a way for those folks to kind of connect to the local community and make friends and have something fun and new and exciting to do because I mean, let's just say like, it's gotta be really hard if you're in that position. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, I'll go next because go, I go, too go. was really, I was super stoked on Claire's zine. I think it's so beautiful. And I was able to hand a copy of it to Michael Warfel, who was in my house um, last week cause he came up here for the Chicago art book fair. So I got to talk with uh, the man behind a lot of our favorite drawings, including the dog staring at the skull. Um, so that was super dope. Um, I was really, really happy to have a chance to write uh, uh, for Quarter Snacks is doing like a top parts and top videos of the last 10 years. And he reached out and asked me to write about the Reynolds one. So I got to watch Reynolds part and stay gold about 20 times in a row, which I hadn't done, not 20, 10, um, in a long time. And so it was good to get back in and like fully immerse myself in Andrew Reynolds, which- Oh, that's awesome. Which was super tight. Um, and then generally, I just, th I feel like there's just been a lot of really good writing recently. I think skateboard writing has just been in a really good place. I really uh, appreciated reading Kava's um, take on pushing borders, uh, that went up at skateism. Um, I was really happy to see that online. Uh, there were a couple good things in Jankum. Um, the article oh, on yeah. making your city more skate friendly by Patrick Kigongo. Um, yeah. Echo yeah. that. And then for I, show. I also think that, uh, Andrew Morrell did a good job with his yeah. journalism piece about, um, a really just incredibly gnarly scene. It sounds like, uh, in Nightmare. Atlanta. Yeah. Yep. So that was good. That was good, strong journalistic work. Uh, and I was hyped on it. Nice. Yeah. That was, that's such a weird one, right? It's like when, when somebody like, uh, makes a, makes a post in the feed about like, uh, you broke my wrist skating today. It's like, right. You don't want to like it. Cause that's like not the right response, but like, right. You want to like acknowledge, uh, you know, whatever. That's how I felt when I, when I read that piece, I was like, I did not enjoy any part of reading this. It was not a good experience. It was really heartbreaking and terrible and just a total nightmare, but really important. And I'm really glad that it got written and he did a really good job. Yeah, it was good. It was, it was, I think we're in a good place right now with writing. And I think Jankum, I mean, kudos to Jankum for putting out good work right now. Yep. It's my it's my second favorite uh, skate media outlet online. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is yeah. What, what you're stoked on or what you've been stoked on just your Thrasher content, Ted? <laughs> I, yeah. have a, I have a piece My employer. Right I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry for this. Okay. Uh, one, of the, one of the greatest print magazines in skateboarding in America still going uh, really put out a a really great 
piece of, of journalism as well. It's called uh, Jerry Sue's People I've Known. Um, and this is actually what I'm hyped on. He just goes through a, a big list of, uh, of, of people he's known. And I'm really sorry for the propaganda, but there's just such a good Josh Casper anecdote. And he says one of the people he's known uh, on top of Mark Johnson, Chris Pastras, John Minor, people like that. One of them is Josh Casper, obviously from Osiris and stuff. And he says, Dwindle used to do demo trips with multiple companies. One year, it was a Dark Star Enjoy blind trip to Australia. At Baggage Claim in Melbourne, the most enormous red duffel bag rolled out. That was Josh Casper's. Space in our vans was limited, so we were all like, dude, why? A minute later, another giant red duffel bag rolls out. Two giant red duffel bags. We were all laughing. By some hilarious twist of fate, Bobby Puglio rooms with Josh, and the first night... <laughs> And on the next day, we asked him, what was in that second bag? And he said, the second bag was just hand lotion and a tennis racket. (laughs) 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 It's fucking incredible. Like, I have heard nothing of Josh Gasper for 15 years, and I just love this so much. So um, that was it. Ted Barrow was good. We've had relatively good weather here. And compared to chicago but you know who cares um yeah. why bother? <laughs> just kidding yeah uh no but the weekends have been nice and and luckily each weekend i get to skate with people that i like uh i got to see fucking tobias I, uh who i weirdly called tristan after a full day skating i don't know <laughs> no, no, it's I'm me like, and I, toby I, mixed <laughs> <laughs> maybe but it's also because his his like handle on instagram is Turbunkmer. It's trouble, like troublemaker. But <laughs> okay, yeah, but zero vowel, so it could just as easily be like Tristan, like brat killer or something. I don't know. So in my head, I know his name is Tobias and Toby, but in my head, it goes Tristan. So it was like kind of sick that like we had this like we met up at the skate park, we skated there for a couple hours, then we then skated some like plaza that I'd never been to, and at the end of it all, as I'm limping away with my broken toe, which I'm not going to go into on air. Um, I was like, later, Tristan. So sick to skate with you, bro. Oh, oh man, how do you handle oh, it? God, he was well, he's fucking cool. He was fine with it. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's you know he's he's not, like an adult, unlike me. So he was awesome. Right. Um, right. <clears throat> meanwhile, I've been burying my head in the sand over it, so I'm just getting it off my chest. Yeah, and I've been skating with Sean Doyle a lot, and that rules because it's Jealous. nice to have someone who's smart Rips. and good who wants to skate with you. Um, yeah. And by skating, I mean just like lurking around the skate park while he's there. Taking is he permanent? Is he a permanent New York City resident, or is he? I thought he was from Philly, or is that he's from? I, yeah, he's 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 moved permanently to New York, and he's embraced it, which means he makes time to get coffee and walk around Chinatown. No. Uh, oh, that's great. Yeah, it's he's, awesome. And we skated, so, and we've been skating street plazas. We like skated Midtown, and we skated this like weird spot in Tribeca, and it was awesome. So that's it, been fun. Did I tell you guys that he hit me up for trick tips? <laughs> yeah. I can attest that he like... <laughs> I'm having the best was... year of my life, honestly. <laughs> I can't say it enough, honestly. Just... he's He was having Kerchart level slams last weekend with trying to come out of that trick. It was it was uh, magnificent and really scary. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's fucking uh, awesome. Wait, did everyone do one? Yeah, I did a shirtless one. Sick. It doesn't need to be seen. 
Yeah, I, I, I d- thank you again, Kristen. That was really fun because I was sure I couldn't do it, and I did it, and I was very happy. Wait, what was the Look tip? Because no, what was it? Do we want the tip? Do I go live yeah. with my tips? Yeah, <laughs> let's hear it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's Patreon shit. You got to pay for those tips. <laughs> yeah. Sh- you catch me on my Sh- Sean gives us money for that shit. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, I'm going to give everyone the tip. All right. So I was struggling to do it onto the pad. Basically, half cab manual is like, ex- I think, extremely easy. I almost get into half cab manual on accident a lot. Um, like if I'm not even trying, I'm just trying to half cab up. It just like feels good, goes right into there. It's where your body needs to go. Half cab nose manual is like to the total opposite end of your skateboard. So it's very hard to get your shoulders over it in the right place and balance and like hold it with like your other leg because you're going literally all your weight on one side, all your weight on the other. So I like literally couldn't figure out for the life of me. I just kept half cabbing up the curb and I was getting really pissed. I was getting like Heath Kirchert level angry. And, um, (laughs) but then I was like, okay, maybe I can just do it on flat ground. So I just practiced it on flat a bunch. Um, And so being able to do it on flat for a while, like really helped. And then after that, um, I focused on trying to half cab and then like push it out like the way that I was intending to go and looking out and not as much down and it kind of helped me spot it kind of like where I was going and that helped me stay balanced through the whole thing so it's not like mine was pretty or anything but I'm another person that was like I'll never be able to do this and I did one so that was cool yeah I found found that going faster helped a lot and going higher I needed to be on something higher and going faster yeah because like for me coming (laughs) down was the problem you know what Mm, I'm saying like landing on it was the problem but if you just get up onto it onto your front it made more sense for me yeah I'm like way too scared of skateboarding (laughs) for that (laughs) (laughs) it's like really rare when I'm like I think I should go faster like it takes me a long time to get to that so for anybody that That skates slow yeah, that was a weird <laughs> low-key brag, Kyle. Like, yeah, I found that like. Oh, I wasn't low like, at all. That on, wasn't low-key remotely, on, on Ted. That was just like that was really high, sick. high-key yeah. point made. Overt. Yeah, yours yeah, was the prettiest for sure, Kyle. It Good was us. really. Oh nice. man, you guys are very kind. Thank you so much, uh, Kristen. Yeah. What? Did you see any bears in Vancouver? <laughs> <laughs> uh, depending on you know what. What version of the word bear? Um, no, oh. I did not see any bears. Um, I saw Chris Haslam. Um, yeah. Pretty damn close. What? He's hairy. Yeah. The moms love him. He's got a big, big old yeah. beard. Um, yeah, I went to Vancouver for an event called All Aboard, which was basically like, I don't know, literary people on this panel. The word symposium What's the definition of that yeah. word? That's like a collection of shit inside some shit, like with an umbrella, and it's like things that are part of it, or no? Ted? Um, yes, but most things are a collection of shit inside some shit with an umbrella. <laughs> 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 Especially in the Northwest when it rains. Yeah, but, I, but yeah, symposium sounds nice. Okay, cool. Sure. Well, we'll I call like it that. It. Yeah. Fuck it. Basically, it was called the event was called All Aboard, and there was all different types of stuff happening on like the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, and it was hosted in a part of Vancouver called Granville Island, which is usually just really like touristy, and there's like no joke, like a broom store. Like literally, you cannot get anything else but a broom there. There's another store. It's like a blacksmith <laughs> shop where someone's like literally like blacksmithing I don't know um Uh, uh there's like coffee uh shops and a cute market so it's like kind of this weird like I don't know it's fairy tale little island it's not even a real island I believe it's actually a isthmus maybe or a peninsula I don't know but uh Mm. to look up my geography terms later 
Um, but yeah, and so it's on this cute little zone of the island, and I guess the island like worked with the Vancouver Skateboard Coalition to donate like a parking lot space, and then this other kind of covered space that looks sort of like a, I don't know, like just like a covered play area sort of, and inside that they built a mini ramp, and then in the garage they built all these different um, skate obstacles, so like little kicker ramps and ledges and stuff like that, and inside that building they had different booths from different community groups, like... Uh, uh, Queer Skate Vancouver, Late Bloomer Skate Club, Skate Goats, and all these different groups. And like they had like a fingerboarding contest and like a zine making workshop and art and all kinds of stuff for kids. So yeah, it was just kind of a fun like two day sort of celebration of Vancouver skateboarding. And then Vancouver doesn't have like an indoor skate park. And this time of year, it's just like wet and rainy all the time. And so they're going to keep up the mini ramp for the next six weeks so that people have something to skate. So Shout out to cool. Vancouver Skate Coalition oh, awesome. and Granville Island and Antisocial Skate Shop and everybody else that helped pull that together. It was like all volunteer run too. So it was it was a really cool, cool event to go check out. And really part of it was also like video premieres and a panel that I was a part of. And the panel was called Switch. Uh, which stands for Skateboarders with Intent to Change. And uh, my friend Everett, uh, he works at like New Line Skate Parks and he's like a real interesting dude. He's really cool. Uh, in short, I fuck with him. Um, and nice. <laughs> he's really rad. So he coordinated all of that. Um, so yeah. Intent to change what? Uh, I think it was just about like mental health and um, like social skateboarding movements and how like skateboarding can be a positive um, tool for change, I would say. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Um, definitely got to skate the most perfect mini ramp ever. Yeah, that thing looked amazing. Yeah, and it was perfect in my opinion. I'm a fan of like a, a steeper ramp, um, similar to like flat bars should be round. In my opinion, quarter pipes you should be able to smith. If yes. you cannot smith oh, grind yeah. it, that shit is a bang. <laughs> um, yeah. and is, it was it was fire. perfect it was really uh pretty tight and you could just lock in really good it was awesome so yeah i got to skate that with chris haslam and john rattray and basically i could die well 12 year old <laughs> me could die so that's cool so two two questions about that before we get into the mental health stuff did chris haslam go full cheese and crackers like was he was he adept enough to do wacky things or what what level was he on uh, he definitely was trying some sad plants, which was cool. Uh, and definitely was doing some cool stuff, but I don't, I, um, I couldn't say he was on cheese and crackers level. I did like pretty yeah. much study that video as a kid. I think we need like, yeah, I don't know. I, I would say he, uh, he definitely was killing it. He was ripping. He was really fun to skate with. Um, yeah. but yeah, we only skated it for about like an hour or so before dinner. So I don't think he was really ready to go full, full ham, but, um, and, ra and Rattray on a mini ramp. Give, give me some adjectives. What's he like? Perfect pivot fakie. Uh, Fuck. Great. <laughs> you did a great pivot fakie grind. Yeah. I saw that. Oh, are you talking about me? Yeah, you did a great one. <laughs> I was inspired. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who me? Oh, who's that? Uh, yeah, no, that was cool. Um, yeah, he skates really fast, and he's just really nice. I really like that guy. He's great. Yeah, yeah. he seems 10 out good. of 10. Would hang yeah. out no again. <laughs> Not to cut you off, but there's actually a funny Chris Haslam cheese and crackers story, which is that one time some friends of mine were trying triple flips on flat at the uh, little skate park over here. And Chris Haslam showed up. He's friends with Cannon. And um, and a friend of mine just looks at him and he goes, Haslam, 
can you triple flip? And just like without missing a beat, he goes, out of a blunt. <laughs> Respect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That's a Tim Ward story. Oh, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> mental health is important. <laughs> We're going to have to. It's such a weird conversation this. to have, right? Like, I mean, how do you know? Uh, it's hard. It's a hard one to get into. Like, you know, just, just for full disclosure here for, for listeners, we have on our list here, like talk about mental health and it's, t- it's like, how the fuck do you get into mental? Like, how do you just dive in unless it's like, okay, here's the panel where we're talking about it. Yeah. Was that what Kristen, was that the specific, um, kind of subject that was approached by your panel at that event? Or was this just something that like we should yeah, consider? I w- yeah. Okay. I would say it was definitely the focus of like John Rattray and Joel Pippis. Like that's like the work that they do. Um, Obviously it kind of like overlaps like a lot of stuff. Well, can you talk about the way in which maybe it overlaps in your own life and your own like approach? Um, Hmm. Yeah. I guess one thing that we had sort of talked about being like something that we can do as a community. And if we can do it in skateboarding in our circles, I feel like we can do it with the world. Like, it could work anywhere. Um, and that's the main thing that we kind of came to is like destigmatizing, like uh, getting mental health support and like holding space mm-hmm. for each other as friends. Um, and cause a lot of times the feedback I feel like that I've gotten around mental health is like either somebody basically is calling you crazy and telling you like you need to get help or like it at least could feel that way. Or like, I don't know. Joel made a good point when he was speaking on the panel, just that like, if you break your leg, you go to the doctor and you get your leg fixed and you get a cast and it's like not weird, you know, or, Oh, I'm going to go to physio for my back. My back hurts. But like, it is still kind of weird to be like, I'm going to my therapist or, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm seeking help for this or I need someone to listen to me or all that. Yeah. I'm so like torn with it because some, so much, so much of my own understanding of, how I approach skateboarding and who I was drawn to as friends through skateboarding had always been like, oh yeah, like we're all fucking crazy. Like not in a good way. Like we're all deeply like uncomfortable in our own skin and uh, are, you know, didn't fit in with any sort of more normative groups growing up. However, we want to like classify those. And so, but then there's this other side. So first I'm like, my first instinct is be like, yeah, we're all deeply vulnerable. And then there's this other thing with skateboarding, which is that it's so amazing and seeing someone so talented, you like want to like, just like almost worship them and they're not, they somehow like stop being human. And so finding out about their weaknesses at once engaging. And also you're like, Oh, like it's, it's like this weird disorientation thing for me. Um, I mean, I was, this is comes up in a funny way, but I was like arguing with this fucking maniac in my DMs. And even though I barely run that account, it doesn't stop. And he was like, you got mental issues, dude. And I was just like, yeah, we both do. Like we're totally fucking crazy. And it's not just because of this argument. It's because we're skateboarders and like we've, we've lived our life as skateboarders and that's a really fucking crazy thing to do. You know? Of yeah. I've had that and thought I, before too. What, which one? Sorry, I've just I that, a bunch. Like, there's something like inherent with someone that's like obsessed with skateboarding. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. Do you think? Are Are you finding? And this is for everyone. Like, do we think that? 
Because it seems to me we've turned a corner and like there, there, there are, there, there seems to be a lot more openness in discussing one's own therapist and one's own therapy, mm-hmm. right? Like whatever the stigma was seems to have sort of filtered away, at least kind of in the avenues of conversation that I am privy to. Do we think that we're also maybe a little better or maybe a little ahead of the curve in terms of being able to talk about it? Like, are we, are we better at it? Are we doing good in that area? I don't know. I, I don't know if it's destigmatized. Like I still feel like it isn't. And maybe that's, I think that's just related to like the people that I'm around. And I do feel like yeah. I have a lot of friends. And one thing that I was reflecting on recently was just that like the only reason why I ever elected to get a therapist was because I had friends that just told me they were going to theirs. And I was like, Oh, that's right. like a thing. Right. Oh, that's normal. Got it. It wasn't ever like so many people have told me like, you're fucking crazy. You need to go see somebody or have you, you know, do you take psychiatric drugs? And like literally like mental illness like runs in my family, you know, so it's not any like I have that in my family and I've always known that. But I never thought that like that would be something that I would need and didn't happen to me. Didn't I didn't actually I wasn't actually able to go seek help until like my friends made it like feel normal. So I kind of wonder if we can help do that for our friends, you know, cause maybe it's normal for you, yeah. but I like, I kind of still feel like it's pretty stigmatized. Right. I guess the, the sort of two crowds I'm drawing from, like, I, I think the conversation is at least that I see on like social media seems to be very kind of, um, therapy positive, mm-hmm. right? Like on skate Twitter, there are a lot of people who are super vocal about their therapist, about therapy, about what it does for them. Um, and I guess the, the sort of subculture or culture that I compare it to, um, are like the writers I know and writers generally are like, like we all have therapists, at least one, right? Like I have two therapists, one for my marriage counseling and one for me solo. Um, and you know, I, I don't think I've ever felt any sort of stigma of, of speaking about that, but it, it it is also true that I came to therapy kind of late, right? Like I've only been going to solo therapy for about, I think six or seven months. And I don't, you know, I go once every two weeks when it fits into the schedule. Um, and I have found nothing but positive and like, you know, like people talk about breakthroughs and you kind of you have an idea of what a breakthrough means, but like when you have one, when you get to that kind of moment, you realize like, oh, this is why I do all of these things. Or like, oh, this is why I'm capable of hating myself in this way. Or like, oh, here's a way to avoid some of the patterns that have just been part of my life forever. Like there is no downside, right? There's no, aside from cost and accessibility, there is no downside to the practice of therapy. Um, So I don't know. I mean- But I I, I think that's a big- I'm glad you mentioned cost and accessibility because that's yes, a huge impediment yes. for a lot of skateboarders. Like I, I right. agree, like in my own world, uh, in academia, we, like we're all in therapy and, mm-hmm. and I started going to therapy because of shit that was going on in graduate school. Uh, but I was also sort of thinking about like, you know, I, I go to LES once or twice a week, usually on the weekends. And there are kids that are in like, severe need of help that are like losing their minds. I, I mean, it's almost like a thing, like, and it's partly just the, the city kind of, you know, there are a lot of homeless kids and there are a lot of kids that like are very close to homelessness. Um, and part of me is like, yeah, we're all crazy, blah, 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 skaters. But then part of me is just like, but very few of us actually have access to therapy. Right. Very few of us have access to medication. Right. And, um, and I think in a lot of ways in the skateboarding, 
there is a tendency to sort of be like, oh yeah, but they're ripping, so it's cool, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know well, that's, same that's with, same with addiction, right? I mean, it's yeah. the same way with any sort of addiction issues in skateboarding, right? We have a real sort of ability to apologize for anything else going on if the person happens to be performing well. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. when you when you see the person when you're like, oh, okay, that person like who I was skating with last weekend, they sleep on that bench now. And they're, you know, like, and they're falling apart. And that has like happened very rapidly over the last few years with a few kids. Um, and I don't know if it's a stigmatized thing or if it's just like, um, an access thing, you know, was that, was that any part of the conversation about accessibility, um, in Vancouver? Like, is that, is that a thing we have solutions for aside from like really hope that you have some sort of healthcare? Um, we didn't get to it on the panel discussion, but we had kind of a meeting with the group before and we definitely were talking about accessibility. Um, the way that the panel was set up, like obviously the work that I do is like very different from like what Joel Pippis does and what John does and what Joe Belfell is about, what Jonah does. So it was sort of almost like, I would call it like a pushing border sampler platter. Like it was very, <laughs> everyone just kind of talked about their work and there wasn't a whole lot of, wasn't on one theme. But um, I recently stumbled upon like a graphic from like an Instagram account that I follow called Psych Alive. And it has like some good ideas on like access to like how to find a therapist basically. Um, and I've heard of like this resource online called open path, which helps find like low income or sliding scale listings for mental health Mm. support. So definitely look into open path. And then some of the other things that, um, it had like, as like an idea was like asking your friends and, um, asking them to like hold space for you or asking them if they have, just like want to have a conversation about mental health just in general. Um, just like asking. So I think those two things are kind of the best advice, unfortunately, kind of under our current system where you don't get that for free or at a low cost. Cool. Yeah. Also, uh, with regard to access, and if you are low income, uh, which I both need therapy, have been, um, uh, it's important to do your taxes hmm. because there is a lot of help you can get. Uh, especially now that it's like open enrollment or whatever. Um, But there are like here, we have a crisis center that your fee is based on. It's like, it's like a means tested uh, needs based fee. They assess that based on your tax returns. And if you didn't file your taxes in 2018, Hmm. it sucks. You just don't have access to that crisis center, Uh, except if you're like currently in crisis, like you can just show up at their door and there'll be somebody there for you. Hmm. But yeah, that's super important. Um, I went to therapy all last year. I go to my brother's therapist. Um, nice. And uh, yeah, I, I know that uh, to to second Ted's point, like uh, while filming a video in college, I like realized kind of the people around me who were like getting a lot, uh, putting a lot of themselves on their skateboard. A lot of us were really going through it. Yeah. And uh I was like, I think this might be the most mentally unstable ensemble of a video that's ever <laughs> yeah. been filmed. Um, but I mean, you know, I don't, I, I don't have access to the other ones. But three people from nine like sought help, got help, have help, yeah. um, and some of them fully, uh, you know, uh, had to go through crisis or have had uh, like breakdowns and shit. Um, 
And uh, yeah, it's definitely, and that was 2014. So it's it's sort of been kind of weird. But some people who grow up in hyper-conservative households, uh, their therapy options are talk to mom, I guess, right. uh, and church. Right. And that was terrible. <laughs> uh, both those options for me were awful. Uh, so... So what beyond beyond accessibility, it seems I, I wonder if we like if there's any sort of other practical kind of uh, role we can play here, because I know that for, for a lot of the questions that I see um, are, first of all, like a if you assume that you do have access, right, if we assume for the for those who have access, who have the option of finding a therapist and speaking to someone and doing the work to kind of um, get to know yourself in a way that is more healthy. Um, what One question is always like, well, how do you find someone? And the second question, which I think is a much harder question, is like, how do you know if the person you have found is the right fit? Yeah. Um, because I, I know that it can, be, you know, if you, if you haven't spent your life talking about it, if you haven't uh, had the kind of conversation so that you know, like kind of what, what therapy looks like and what sort of work you're doing. I think for a lot of people, it's like, okay, I've got this person. I go to their office every X number of days, um, but I don't feel like things are getting done or maybe I don't feel like get, we're getting enough done or like, how do I know if it's a healthy situation? Does anyone have any advice for mm -hmm. either finding someone or knowing whether the person you found is the right person? I think that um, I often found myself being very frustrated leaving therapy Hmm. and Why? being like, well, I would come in with these, like all these expectations, like, all right, this is the thing I'm going to talk about. This is really bothering me. We, we need to figure this out. And what my therapist, who was a very, very good teacher ultimately would do is just kind of found a way to like, <clears throat> at first just challenge me on, you know, why I felt so strongly about one thing. And I, what I realized ultimately is that they were really questioning my assumptions and offering a very different take on my interpretation of a situation, which was really, really useful. Um, mm. you know, so, and at first I was just like, this sucks. And then I, I did kind of dawn on me that like, this is actually kind of like skateboarding, you know, that we, you don't just like learn to kickflip by, you don't just kickflip when you want to learn to kickflip. It takes you months, sometimes mm -hmm. years, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe days. But, um, that you have to sort of recognize that the process is not this like tit for tat, like I'm going to come in with this problem and then we're going to solve that problem. This trauma we're going to figure out in 45 minutes, you know, that mm -hmm. like anything, but skateboarding teaches us this, I think in a, in a great way that it just takes time that every time you get on the board, you're a different person. Every time you sit down on the couch, you have a different set of problems that need to be addressed and you have to pay attention to, who you're, you know, like what you're, it's not so much like your response after the session. It's the next week. Have your, have your, has your yeah. like yeah. mind changed about this? And so it means being mindful, but I think that like, or being aware of, of your, your reactions. But I think as skateboarders, we are actually pretty naturally introspective. You know, we may not express mm -hmm. or articulate that, but we are certainly kind of hypersensitive and hyper aware of the, like conditions around us. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think 
in that same we you know i hate to be that person's like just like a plot just fucking go for it and slam and do it again <laughs> but like you know approach it as we know from skateboarding we know from this other thing that we do that these things take time and these things that there's a lot of pain and trial and error but there's also unexpected triumph and unexpected breakthrough uh yeah but yeah i definitely can echo like feeling not good after therapy yeah. Like you don't yep. like it's definitely like because if you think about it, you're like literally intentionally opening up something that hurts you. And I think like at least my natural like defense mechanism to make me feel like I can survive day to day is to like bury those feelings and emotions. And they're so layered and so interconnected and you get triggered and don't even realize that's like maybe why you're responding in a shitty way or whatever. It's bringing up something out of you that you don't feel like is like what your true intentional self is. And so like therapy's gnarly because like you're just like intentionally busting that open and you only have a finite amount of time to investigate that. But for me, yeah, like yeah. it definitely like when you said like it's like a week later, but, like that's yeah. really true. Like. And like anytime, my best advice for somebody is if you find a therapist, like go regularly, like once a week, if you're really feeling like, I don't know, content warning, if you don't, you know, you can turn this off right now if you feel like this is going to make you feel shitty, but I'm about to talk about how I feel. Um, and that might be crappy for some people to hear right now. So turn this off if you don't want to hear it. Um, but effectively, like I will literally be somewhere and something will trigger me and I will like think that like I don't have a right to exist on this earth like I feel so low that like I'm like I just want to disappear I want to evaporate like I don't necessarily have like suicidal thoughts but I have thoughts that are like I want to go away I do not want to exist like that's what I'll say like over and over again and that's when I know it's like really bad and also yeah. when it's really good, I know that I'm doing really well if I don't go to that place, if I can brush off the small stuff, if, you know, and I'm like really working on like through like with my therapist right now, like what triggers me to like get to that really low point? Is it the people that I'm around? Is it the decisions that I make? Is it my frame of reference? Is it because I'm not talking about it and it's kind of piling up? Um, so anyways, like I'm in therapy right now, like once a week so I can kind of work on figuring out where that stems from and, and hopefully figure out pathways and like my mind and my like daily life to make sure that I don't go to that place. So, yeah, Fuck I, yeah. yeah, I, um, I think that, I mean, I also absolutely, um, have had and continue to have that same response and sentiment. And I often find that like, and I, I love skateboarding and I'm so glad I started doing it, whatever, like, but I also am like, it sort of instilled in me this goals oriented mindset. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not going to be happy if I don't land this, that mm -hmm. it has taken me probably half of my time in skateboarding to work out of. In other words, yeah. like, you know, from like say age 10 to 25, I was like, I'm getting better and better. I, my only enjoyment of skateboarding is if I improve and then the next 15 years, which incidentally, like overlap a lot with with a lot of therapy have been like no actually skateboarding is is best when or it can be really fun when you're not landing things and you're or you're not trying anything hard and you don't have to prove anything to yourself or anyone and i i somehow think that like both therapy i mean like all things in life but skateboarding and therapy in this case like both of them are these things like 
where when you take your idea, your own notion of self-worth out of it, which is something we're all deeply concerned about, you get more out of it, you know? And I'm not saying like, that's like, remember that when you're feeling worthless. Cause I, right. I fucking yesterday I was, had a fuck complete nervous breakdown. Um, but I just, I think that somehow like perhaps the reason that it, that is in, so intense a conversation among skateboarders these days is that we all operate in this sort of goals based way that leaves us either elated or like crushed mm. and with a very, yeah. very little in between. Yeah. And that's, and that seems to be a carryover of like our adolescence in some ways. So if yeah. I, if I could hop in here, just, just to voice one other sort of aspect of this, like, and I'm sure there is a way to connect this to skateboarding, but I'd rather just kind of speak um, from my own experience. Cause my my sort of experience with mental health has always been like, well, look, I never do get absolutely crushed and I never do get absolutely elated. And so my understanding always I always kind of operated under the premise that like, well, I know what depression looks like. I see it in people and I see people suffer and I know of people who have suffered right largely through skateboarding. Right. Like mm-hmm. I'm, you're exposed to people who who are going through things um, mm-hmm. differently than yourselves. Um And for me, it was always a sense that like, well, look, whatever I suffer is such a tiny incremental fraction of what I see. So therefore, whatever I'm going through, that's not actually depression. That's just something I should get through. Right. That's just look, all these people are going through something much more radical, much more um, traumatic, much, much more obviously a, a, a depressive moment or whatever the situation may be. And so for a very, very, very long time, I chalked what, um, what I was experiencing and the way that I thought of myself, um, I chalked it up to like, well, no, that's, this is just like, you're just being tough on yourself. And like, it took mm-hmm. a really long time for me to realize that in fact, like what I ascribe to, oh, you know, you're a writer and you want to succeed and you've got to be hard on yourself or, mm-hmm you know, this is what ambition looks like. If you're not hard on yourself, how are you ever going to succeed? What's going to drive you? Like a lot of the habits that I thought were actually part and parcel with existence were actually, in fact, um, really incredibly unhealthy and damaging habits uh, that aren't necessary to my life and aren't things that I need and actually um, have learned a huge amount about things I took for granted about myself. And and so for me, I guess the thing I, I, I want to point out is that there are probably a lot of us out, a lot of people listening who think like, well, you know, what I go through isn't really that big of a deal compared to what other people go through. And I, I guess mm-hmm. what I would stress is that there are a lot of versions of um, unhealthy mental practices, like mental illness um, and mental health is a very, very, very broad spectrum. Um, and, and if you, if you do feel like you're making apologies all the time, or you're constantly kind of thinking like, oh, this is no big deal. Um, I don't know. Talk, talk, talk about it. Talk to someone about it. I, I just have, uh, one thing about that earlier point is that, uh, if you have a therapist and, uh, you think that it's not a fit, uh, don't keep going to them. Yeah, yeah. Go to yeah, somebody else yeah, really yeah. fast. Sorry, yeah, we uh, we 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 skittered so off from that. I had yeah. a therapist that I did not like when I was in college, and it kept me away way longer than I needed to be. And like it, and I didn't go back until I hit crisis. And we could have avoided all that if I just went to somebody else sooner. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I didn't mean to, it. I didn't mean to be like, you know, just stick with it. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, but just keep, keep going to therapy, but maybe just not the same one because mm-hmm. finding the fit is like so crucial. And then, uh, my last point is that the skateboard is not a therapist. There are therapeutic aspects of it. Right. Uh, but the kind of work and reconstructing of kind of your mental process that happens in therapy is not, it's just, it's totally separate than the sort of, um, you know, getting out of your, you know, getting out your anger or getting, you know, sense of achievement, happiness, all those good things you get from skating are a different type of, you know, are are different therapeutic effects than the just the the actual work of going to the doctor you know laying it out and and then having those conversations and or getting those medications that can get you um can get you away from reconstituting those traumas in your mind Mm -hmm. i wanted to throw some light on as well like not all therapy looks like you sitting on a couch and you're talking to somebody like there's lots of different forms of therapy i'm not super duper familiar but i just wanted to share that like that works for me i think mostly because i'm very verbal and i'm like i i'm i obsess over communication and i get really um I just need to do that to express myself. But I know that not everyone is like as verbal as I am. So maybe like, you know, other versions of therapy can be really good. But at a bare minimum, just having some time in your day to check in on you and like mm, yeah. think about that. It's not actually selfish. And well, it's it is selfish, but being selfish is good in this context. So um, take time to check in on yourself. And if you can <laughs> check in on your friends. Um, yeah, I remember my my mother, who's a a Buddhist at one point, like she was like, I was like, we were debating about like meditation. And I was like, yeah, but like skateboarding is like, like meditation for me. And she's like, it's not, <laughs> you know, like it's not <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> a nice <made>. metaphor. <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah. absolutely not, <laughs> you know? Uh, and it's the same thing. It's like, yes, yeah, skateboarding can be therapeutic, but it's not therapy because you can, re repeat and rehash and strengthen a lot of negative habits and mind uh states in skateboarding you can have a terrible session and be skating great you can have a great session and be skating shit um but it Mm -hmm. seems to me like the process of therapy however you want to define it when you're sitting there with a professional uh does a different kind of work definitely yeah yeah um Uh, can I share one other thought? Please. Um, of course. I was going to share that like a lot of the times, um, I would feel, to- I feel totally like capable and I don't need therapy and I feel great and all that. And, but like, I'm still choosing to go because like, I want to like keep it that way. And that mm-hmm. I wanted to like say that out loud just because, um, I often get perceived as someone like, like has their shit together to the extreme. And for the most part, I do feel that way, but like going to therapy doesn't make it so that you don't have your shit together or that you're crazy or that it's never going to make your life worse. If anything, it's going to make it better. So just anyone that's like kind of on the fence, like, Oh, I don't know if that's for me. I don't really want to like be going to my therapist. Like, I don't know if I'm like ready for that or whatever. Like I would definitely at least just try it. Cause for me, it's like, done a lot for me positively and um you don't have to go like super often like currently right now I'm going really regularly I think that has to do with the season and that I lost one of my best friends 
during this time of year, like a couple years ago. So I'm still working out like why I'm feeling like I need to go regularly. But like, for instance, like last summer, I definitely wasn't in therapy. So I also wanted to like yeah. offer that, that it's not like a, an on or off black or white type thing. Um, and that you should explore it. Um, if you're at all feeling like you never have time for you and you're not checking in on yourself, you're just holding space for others all the time. Yeah. I think that's really well put. If I could, if I could just chime in one more thing on behalf of Ryan, our resident Marxist who's not here, is that <laughs> like it is not it is not a flaw, it is not a mistake that so many people in the 21st century feel um unhappy. That in fact the way that our in our economy, the way that our entire system is set up is is designed to make us feel unwell, right? That there are forces working um, to make us feel like we don't have enough of it, (laughs) right? That we don't have enough, that we should be doing better, that no matter what we're up to, that we're failing. Um, Because when we feel like we're failing, we do things like we we try to buy our way out of it, right? Um, and, And I think just at a basic level, man, I think that's just something that we have got to really, really accept that this is not like some like mysterious fog that's rolled in off the sea and that we're all just like in some fucking Stephen King world. No, like this is, this is actually the way that it's set up, that actually this is how profit is maximized. And man, you start realizing that and you combine that Kristen with some of the stuff you're saying and what everyone here is saying. And it just seems to me like it's just so obvious. We, we need to take care of each other and we need to take care of ourselves because the institutions will not. And in fact, quite the contrary. Yeah. Yes. Um, so thanks for talking y'all. I appreciate this. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank you all. Um, let's see. Yeah. I think, I mean, I don't know. Uh, just as to this is going to be such a weird segue. <laughs> bears. We have announced every segue. Bears. But we can edit this part out. So right. I, know. Nothing I, I like that we leave them. Yeah. Do we, we even need to like talk about is... skateboarding? Do we even have to talk about Milton Martinez or the fucking primitive video? We've been here for yeah, an hour. Not, like, yeah. yeah. Um, I would say, uh, yeah, maybe we can talk about that in our, our uh, respective pyres. Yeah. Um, Let's no, but leave that I, one to most, mostly skateboarding podcasts this week. They'll, yeah. they'll, they'll cover it and the others. No, but what you say and to kind of pull it, everything, everything together, hopefully, is that I do remember like high school being an intensely unhappy time for me. Um, yeah. Yes. And one of like, you know, more and more skateboarding and, and improving. And there was it was running along this teleological like ascent of improvement and whatever. But also... I was never sponsored and I fucking would buy a new deck every two weeks <laughs> to feel good. Um, well, like, be- partly like a, a neurosis that I couldn't skate as well on like a used deck and partly mm-hmm. like, um, because I was still in that mode of like worshiping pros, the people whose names were on the decks to such an extent that I was like every fucking two weeks, I'm like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a Steve Olsen guy. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm like, you know, like fucking Jason Carney, uh, eh, you know, like, like whoever, whoever's board I was writing, I was like, I'm going to try to emulate them. And it's, it's so crazy how that my own specific insecurity was like rooted to like both buying shit and negating myself, you mm-hmm. know, 
and mm. while at the same time completely tied to skateboarding I, I was complete i was indifferent to clothing i was indifferent to any other material things but it all went through it i gave thousands tens of thousands of dollars <laughs> with my with skate shop employee like you know salary and taco bell uh to the companies i admired and so self erasure and 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 hero worship yeah, yeah, which yep. is probably that's a cocktail, man. That's a one-two cocktail. Yeah, that's that's the nose and the tail of a goddamn real board, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Ted Schmitz, can we have an audio effect for when funeral pyre starts? Yeah, I was thinking about that. Um, I should I should probably make that. I'll I'll put it into this one. Oh, <laughs> but I do have things in next month, so read that. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> um, there's a Ryan Sheckler interview. Oh you right, yeah. You asked, you asked him about yeah. El Toro. You asked him. You saved the El Toro question for last as a strategy. How did it go? Uh, uh, it went well. Actually, the El Toro question didn't um, get printed. Hit. It got that got cut. Uh, I uh, but I did ask him if he was still rich, and he is. Um, and no, it's just <laughs> it. It you know, he's a man of God. He did a hefty trick that's printed in the spread and if you look next to the trick you got some questions so i don't know it was cool he was very nice to me and he uh uh gave me he was generous with his time and he was generous with his words so whatever nice. hey so should we burn bernie some shit down bernie it <laughs> I'm down bernie it bernie it down yeah i'm, I'm warning you i got a good one ted schmitz do it all right <laughs> speaking of uh, the Milton part, which uh, we glossed over, it's fine. Um, and then I just watched David Gonzalez's part, which uh, poor kid, may maybe had I, I I don't know. It seems like he's taken all of sort of the the worst parts of Rally and combined them into his output. Um, but <laughs> it's like some fucking like rock and roll, like fucking. I think it's a Lamb of God song, but. In the Milton part, there's like some fucking rocking instrumental shit. And then I had watched Colin Provost's part last week. And I was like, dude, I'm so fucking over like instrumental, like rocking, like what's that band? Earthless or Earthborn, like fucking eat, you know, music that sounds like what somebody thinks Easy Rider sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just this kind of like uh post 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 black sabbath uh solo rock and roll and mm -hmm. it's it's not even that it's macho it's that it's like it's so saturated the soil of like burly bank skating that i just like we've we've we had a good run you know there was some of it in stay gold i can watch that video i like yeah. it i don't yeah. have any qualms with the soundtrack even some stuff that came after was like rocking out yeah. but i i'm i'm done rocking yeah. who's like, I'm friends just... band is this please <laughs> uh, you know I'm like yeah. have you have you all seen that episode of Portlandia where they have that band that plays the intro music to like True Detective and every other show? Like it's like <laughs> it, it's sort of like it's like someone's like garage jam band in fucking San Clemente. It's like just doing all these like 12 minute jams for all these like bank and rail gnarlers. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, the first the first band I think of, I mean, like 
I never heard of explosions in the sky until America came along. And I feel like everything since that has been like the the third order removed from explosions in the sky, like the most derivative derivative. Yeah. Yes. And that's like on this like sort of emotional cinematic end for most of it. That's like sort of post rock like i imagine you don't fuck with mogwai or like uh my college roommate fucked with mogwai so i like (laughs) accidentally fucked a little with mogwai but no not 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 uh, my shit not my shit yeah i yeah that that was that was a big part but it that kind of almost fit more into like indie rock like with like godspeed and shit but like yeah there's yeah the endless solo dude like just the endless solo is like yeah. solos. You got like fucking sixteen bars. Like then we're good. Kebs, what do you got? Burn it. Yeah. Mikey Taylor's Twitter. Oh, oh my god, it's all so bad. Way, all the way home. It's Jesus. He's like it's the worst. He's like he live, is <laughs> live, laugh, loving out there, dude. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> just, why can't everyone? Why can't everyone just succeed? Oh, it's Let never me, been easier to make money. Yeah. <laughs> What was the? <laughs> let me let me pull up today's gem. Oh, fuck. Yeah, this guy, it's, man, it's real bad. Dude, he he is a blind spot personified, right? <laughs> like he is a blind spot. Yeah, it's yeah. true because like with a lot of these dudes, you can kind of accept it because you're like, oh, they're just putting on a show because this is what sells. But with him, it's sort of like, oh no, you're not putting on a show, dude. You like you don't you don't get it. You don't see why this is. He has a, drank a real it and problem. ingested it and. Yeah, it's part of that toxic kind of like um, uh, just like mindset economics is what I want to call <laughs> yeah, it. Mindset economics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mindset economics is very good, Ted. Your station is the result of your negative thinking only. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, latest tweet. I'm convinced that skaters can succeed in anything. Okay, don't have a problem with that. Why can't we? If we're willing to throw our bodies off a set of stairs for hours just to land a trick once, why can't we start a business? <laughs> and my response yeah, is, I mean, no, I'm not throwing we? my body downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> also, one yes. of these costs money. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, somebody yes, come get your and boy. Access, know how, and yeah. Uh, All right, fuck. well, peace out, Mikey. Um, Ted Barrow. Um. I don't like it when they make Tiago skate to uh I don't like Wu Tang remixes. I think it's corny. And it and this is mm. the second time that a pre uh primitive video has done this where they like just get like a, they remix a song from the early nineties. I know it's super nerdy, but I'm just like, I get the point you're trying to make. It's not a better yeah. song and yeah. it actually makes the part suffer. Like Tiago's part was amazing. Uh that Raekwon re- remix was annoying, and I was yeah. like Oh, because he's like a 90s throwback, but he's different. So it's a different beat, but same lyrics. Skate to a different song. I would have listened to fucking Portuguese Brazilian rap instead of that. I can't do French rap, though. I don't know. I think I'm like traumatized from when I was like young. From MC Solar? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, (laughs) I did my French project on MC Solar. From puzzle videos and shit. There were some bad ones. But I'm just saying, like, this kind of ties back to what we were talking about in the last episode. Where just like how hard it is to get music, but then if you just I don't know, like there do, there's some bad things that are happening with skate video music. Yeah. Um, yes. And and I'm just I don't know. I I've liked every other primitive clip and video and sh- and shit, but like yeah. they're starting to lean a little too heavily on the on the '90s remixes, and I'm not a fan. I like that Ted, Ted Schmitz, you really nailed it by saying that the whole aesthetic of the primitive video is just an absolute ripoff of. 
welcomes fetish like just <laughs> yeah. to a T, man. It's like uh, colors. It's yeah. so weird. Like <laughs> and the effect colors. is the same, like a yeah. sort of bleeding of like a sort yeah. of like digitally degraded spectrum. See, that's yeah. that's uh, kind of like the way in which like the avant-garde of five years ago gets gets like re- Gurgitated into mainstream culture and skateboarding. Right, but it was only like two yeah, months. They, they yeah. are sort of the ruling well, class skateboard, of skateboarding. Yeah, move quickly. <laughs> move quickly. Yeah. Um, um, okay, mine is uh, related because I think the one that got me was the one I saw in the primitive video, and it was one of the fucking McClungs did it, and it's no run up mellow hubbas. Where it's like, oh yeah, where it's like you you it, you don't even push, you just sort of like nudge yourself forward, kickflip, and then you just crooked grind this mellow hubba for days. And in fact, I think I we should get rid of all like run ups that are boards on stairs, like yeah, anything that you can't actually skate to is not a spot. So yep. let's not be snowboarders. Let's just like be skateboarders, skate things you can skate on, and stop like. The world is full of spots. We don't have to skate this 60-yard hubba right next to a doorway that we can barely even, like, stand on. Like, I'm not down. So does that, un uh, like, make Miles Silvis's switchback heel down down Wallenberg less valid? Because there, you know there was a drop-in ramp? Mm. I don't I don't so much care about the drop in at Wallenberg. I feel like Wallenberg has been pretty much vacuumed of whatever it was. What I will say is dope that Miles Silvis did was the the switchback lip. Dude, and you were just talking about how we shouldn't be snowboarders. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> that, he, he rolled up to it. That's a that's a legit <laughs> trick. That was a beautiful <laughs> switchback lift out of 16 stair handrail that he rolled up to. Granted, his friends were like hiding behind the corner, but I liked it. I thought it was uh, There's an amazing story of, of Ryan at the Koala Tree Ranch where uh, he was with a snowboarder who had switchback lift a 30, or he had done a 30 flat 30 rail. And Ryan, <laughs> and, and, and Ryan goes, how do you th how do you do a thirty flat thirty? And the guy also without mi missing a beat, a la Haslam, goes switch back lip. Both of those stories, the switchback lip and the yeah, and blunt remind me of this like weird Topher Grace story I heard once. But. <laughs> Topher Grace from from that seventies show? show. Yeah, so do like tell. he was like okay, he was at this. Um, this club and uh, sitting next to like this booth where there was bottle service. And my, my buddy who was at the booth was like, Hey man, um, do you want a drink or something? And Topher Grace was like, no, I don't drink. And just as a joke, my friend was like, Oh, you don't drink. Uh, that's awkward. Like, how do you talk to women? And he's like, I'm famous. <laughs> That's Which terrible. is so gnarly, like, like, yeah. like such oh. a soulless thing to say. Oh God! <laughs> but like, also, just like, yeah, out of a blunt. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. self-aware. <laughs> yeah, uh. some people just know who they are. You know, respect. Yeah, yeah exactly. God bless them. I have a question for Kyle. I don't Kyle. see. <laughs> yeah, have what's you ever up? seen uh, skate clips where people get like towed in? What are your thoughts on a tow in? Um, yeah, I mean, all right, so. I don't, I, I don't feel great about Toans. I feel best about Toans when it's on a motorcycle. I feel mm. maybe worse about Toans when it's like a bungee cord. I mean, I yeah, think the bungee one's I particularly think, bad, huh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I mean, I guess for 
at least then you're like That's rolling, wakeboarding. right? Yeah, like at least you're action. you're rolling you're rolling up to the thing. This sort of like step step hop hop tossed you know like I don't know. I don't know. There's something for me that if you're not rolling up to the thing, it doesn't feel uh le- le- what legit i don't know i don't like it really yeah, this is just kyle doesn't like it like yeah, it's, i wouldn't yeah. say it's like it's um <laughs> it, it makes the trick not count but it's just not fun to watch like watching someone drop in on yep. a plank board like on a yeah. double set to like ollie the second set of stairs or whatever like yeah it's just like i don't know i think it's kind of no more interesting than like a perfect spot though like a china spot or something so i feel like it's yeah yeah, yeah there's something I'm, to be said I'm for working for it i just I guess also like I recently the fact that pro skaters are able to stand up on mellow hubba's mm. the whole time and then flip out just, you know, Frankie Villani has one of those in, I think in the print of the video, Faking back tail kick flip. Yeah, yeah. And it's sort of like when you see it happen, it's like, you can see what's coming. Like, you know, what's coming a full two seconds before it happens. Mm. And it's, it's just, I don't, Feels kind of I skate think it's one of these. Yeah, it's skate parky, and it's I don't know who Game they think day. they're impressing. Damn, is it like yeah. the Instagramification of like a skate video? Mm. Yeah, because like I feel like that's such an Instagram thing, like Instagram skaters. You know, I don't know. Like, like just to sit on yeah. like front crook, like to figure out the pinch and just yeah. to hang out on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ryan, I mean, isn't Ryan uh, hired that a while ago? Right, like anything that lasts longer than like a backsmith <laughs> like, or something, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- yeah, I think right. should have a certain length and yeah although i will say that frankie villani did have my favorite shit in that video I, I thought so much of it was so forgettable and that he at least brought it with a number of of moves that were generally interesting and he had a song that kind of stood out as kind of like post-punky yeah. um and he did a fakie switchback smith which seemed terrible in my head if i would like if I would visualize that trick, that trick sucks. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed it. But I'm mm. I'm like a Stan. I'm like a Frankie Stan, dude. Yeah. I, let me let me just say, I you mean, know, Frankie Stan was actually the doctor. Uh, <laughs> I I Primitive might be my favorite company. <laughs> like I that video, I was like blown away, and my face was being melted. Me me finding like wishing that Tiago skated to a better song or whatever yeah. uh, is is like you know yeah nothing like that video was insane and it might yeah, be I, the next it might be like 2002 era black label for like aging tech lords like you know like <laughs> yeah. you have your salman agaz and your it omar hassan's kind of yeah. and you have well i just mean like you know like there wasn't quite enough jb or bastion or wade or spencer the but or Jen or P Rod, yeah, <laughs> like, or P Rod. I would like more Jen for sure. It, it sort yeah. of also kind of felt like an H Street video where there was like a bunch of dudes that were like really good who I was never going to know who they were. Um, but yeah, yeah. it was great. Please, hey, are we done? Place. Yeah, let's go. I love you guys. Love you too. Credits music as always by Alana Bryan. You can find more of her music at naivetracks.bandcamp.com that's tracks with an x or find her on instagram at alana.brine b-r-y-n-e our logo and graphic design is by michael warfel you can find more of his stuff at warfel w-o-r-f-u-l
Yeah, sorry, it took me a second. I was finishing a call with August Faller in the parking lot. Damn, you look beat, dude. You skate already? Uh, a little. I got kind of fucked up trying to switch back tail on the bank to ledge. Oh, that'd be sick. Kind of a dick move, though, to show up Brian Higgins. Oh, shit. What'd he do? Just a regular back tail. When was that? I don't know, like 2009 and old parkheaded on Vimeo? Remember he does the back tail, then Cameron Jimmo gets his back with the nose grind pop out, but like snowplow, kind of how everybody learned them back then? And like right when he rides away, he runs straight into Chris who was riding up to the hip and broke Chris's collarbone? Oh yeah. I think I was there. Didn't Betsy Gordon run over and try to call the ambulance, but then she passed out when she saw the bone sticking out of his chest? Yes! And then like, Damien Stewart, Evan Cunningham, and the whole high-energy skate crew had to make like an Oregon Trail-style raft with all their boards so they could get them out of the way for the paramedics. Yes! I was way over on the other side of the park trying to sell some bones wheels to James Martin, and we heard the collision between Cameron and Chris, but we thought it was all good. Because while I was selling those all-black Sierra Fellers 53s, Cameron walks over and just starts complaining to Jordan Galliano about how Chris fucked up his clip. <laughs> Dude, you didn't hear Chris screaming in pain from the compound fracture, but still trying to apologize for ruining the doubles? I think I was just distracted with selling the wheels. They were STFs. It was like gold back then. And it was super loud on that side of the park because Josh Love and Chris and Lukey kept blasting Jamie Thomas's song from the Fallen video. And we kept trying to figure out if they were kidding. Oh dude, they were super into the Ride the Sky soundtrack. They were not kidding. No way. They were like laughing the whole time when the chorus was just repeating, I just can't wait. Dude, no. They were laughing because Kyle Sirk and Lars Garvey Lang Peterson were trying to get in the cab of the ambulance when the paramedics showed up for Chris and Betsy. No, they didn't. Yes, ask Lucy. They kept asking Lucy to get in, but the EMT pulled them out, and then some park dad tried to get Lars to wait on the curb while the guy called the cops. Dude, I didn't see any of that. Well, you must have seen Luke Whitford and Max Chow knock the coop dad over with the human table prank. Wait, what is that? You know, where the one person goes on their hands and knees and stays still right behind someone who's standing, and then their accomplice walks by and nudges the standing person, they fall over like it's a table. Oh, yeah. Didn't Neil Shoemaker used to do that to people at parties, like into the pool? Neil? No way. That was always Luke, Max, and like maybe sometimes Sean. Fuck, I don't remember most of that stuff, but I remember seeing something from it. Wasn't there like a long tape of that night posted somewhere, like on SAG's Tumblr? No, it was just the edit on Sean Doyle's Vimeo. Which edit? The one with Brian's back tail on the bank to ledge, the night you were there. Wait, maybe I wasn't there. I think I was on a trip with Terrence Still and Rooney for most of 2009. Well, I don't know then. William Rickman still says you shouldn't do the switchback tail. Says it's an axiomatic dick move. <laughs>